Blitz off the edge with Hamilton. He gets picked up, but they're going to throw a flag on that. And Purdy is spinning around. There are two flags on the play. This is another pick by Hamilton. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Well, which Brock Purdy pick was it? I'm, I'm not sure. There were a lot of them on Monday night. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman with the call on Monday Night Football on Christmas night is the Ravens Railroad. Didn't see that one coming, got to be honest. Railroad the 49ers in San Francisco. Ken and I will get back to our handicap of Week 17 in the National Football League coming up 20 minutes from now. We'll go to Saturday night's game. Great game in Dallas with the Cowboys and the Lions. Next hour, Eric Eager stops by from Sumer Sports. Power Hour, Final Hour, all our bets for tonight. And we'll talk some college sports with Tim Brando from Fox. Can't wait for that conversation with our pal, Tim Brando. But joining us right now to talk Week 17 in the NFL, our good friend, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger. Baldy, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast, the best football show, which I still think is like the best name ever for a podcast. It features daily breakdowns of the most important storylines around the National Football League. Baldy, of course, on Twitter, at Baldy NFL. Baldy, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Hope it was a great Christmas holiday for you and your family. You enjoyed the games. How's it going? Nick, life is great. I mean, everything's going well. I'm gearing up here to start week 17. We're getting near the finish line for us who work every day. It's a good feeling because I think we got some great games coming up this week. And I know you want to talk about them. And I can't think of anything better to do, Nick, than to talk about these games this week. Baldy, you're the best. <laughs> I wish every guest we had on the show just opened by being like, I'm dying to be here talking about football with you. I, I saw uh, a couple comments that you had, Baldy, and a, a couple other segments you did just about the Ravens-Niners game from from Monday night. Nick and I haven't haven't been on the air since then, so we kind of spent some time already in the show, and we'll probably spend more time just kind of unpacking that game a little bit, how unexpected that result was. For us, at least, we kind of liked San Francisco in the game. Just what did you see in that game that was interesting to you? I think a lot of people are still kind of scratching their heads. Figure, okay, Brock Purdy threw a bunch of picks, but but how did that happen? What's, what's kind of your answer there? Well, Kenny, so the Ravens play this matchup zone defense. And so you can run all of the motions and the shifting and the formations that the Niners do that give a lot of teams problems. But the Ravens are a zone team. And when they zone drop, they drop and then they match up against whoever's coming into their zone. So all 11 players have their eyes on the quarterback. Everybody sees it. So like that first interception that Kyle Hamilton had, the ball was what we call a divide. It was Debo going down the middle of the field. And really Kyle Hamilton is just sitting in his zone with really nothing to do except like watch the ball, you know, go on his flight and he jumps, he jumps the route. And so the 49ers gained this advantage with these motions and these shifts and all this stuff that they do weekend against man teams and classic zone teams. This stuff doesn't bother the Ravens. They just sit there and all they do is just expand and guys come into the zone. There's Marcus Williams, you know, there's Brandon Stevens, they match up with it, and you've got to be literally perfect on these throws in order to beat this like Stafford was two weeks ago when he had a really good game against them. It forces the quarterback to be patient, and it forces the quarterback to be perfect when he does make a throw. And you saw a couple of them get away from Brock Purdy the other day. 
Yeah, it felt like Purdy was kind of like in his head a little bit, just like watching the game. I don't think you need to like to have played or coached to be able to see that from Brock Purdy that he was feeling a little bit on Monday night. Baldy, um, this like last question off what we saw on Monday night, and we'll turn our attention to the games coming up this weekend because you're you're as plugged in as it gets. You talk to a ton of people, coaches, players, award voters, members of the media. What's your sense? as to what's going to happen with NFL Most Valuable Player, where Lamar Jackson is now, like, basically he's flipped, he's traded places with Brock Purdy. Lamar's now a pretty big favor to an NFL Most Valuable Player at our show sponsor, BetMGM. It feels like Brock Purdy, like, almost can't win the award now. Whether right, wrong, or indifferent, that's kind of how it feels in the betting market. Is it as simple as Ravens beat the Dolphins on Sunday to lock up home fields and the, the one seed in the AFC playoffs, and it's Lamar? Like, what's your sense right now with NFL Most Valuable Player? Yeah, so Nick, you know, last week when I was asked this question, I said, well, let's let's see how Brock does against the number one defensive football, you know. And then I was proponent of, like, if you're on at least, if you're at Levi Stadium on Christmas night and you're down there in the field before the game, all you see is stars. I mean, there's McCaffrey, there's Debo, there's Nick Bosa, there's Fred Warner, there's Brock, there's Kyle Shanahan, there's stars everywhere. But in a league full of stars. To me, the biggest star is always Lamar because he's indefensible as he was. And it's not necessarily about, you know, statistics or gaudy statistics, although he's done that when he was a unanimous MVP five years ago. But you saw how difficult it was for a top three defense in this league to contain Lamar Jackson. And the, 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 the part that I think should sway voters is how easy he makes it look. I mean, there's Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, and those, they can't get a glove on them. I mean, we're talking about great defensive players, the best players at their positions in this league, arguably, and they couldn't get a glove on them. And yet there's this touchdown throw to Zay Flowers. There's this touchdown throw to Nelson Aguilar. Everybody's chasing him. Like, to me, he's just the biggest star in this whole league because, to me, it's an entertainment business, and he's the biggest star in an entertainment business. And on any given Sunday, you literally can't take your eyes off him because you don't know what's going to happen. And so, in, in, in large part, not really numbers-wise or stat-wise, he's the MVP on the best team in the league. A pretty pretty compelling answer there, obviously. Basically, like, took that mantle from, from Purdy by beating him at his place uh, when Purdy threw four picks. So, I think it kind of makes sense. It definitely explains, obviously, for, for people who are curious why Lamar Jackson's a really big favorite of the market. Baldy, we, we can go out of order here then, like, it's a Thursday and Saturday. just want to ask you about the Ravens game coming up, because you were talking about all the great things they're doing on defense. Lamar's the biggest star in the game. The Ravens at home against Miami are – and I'm, like, a little surprised. Not that I want to bet this, Baldy, but just – I thought the Ravens would be a little bit bigger favorite off of what we saw Monday night against Miami, a home game against the Dolphins. We don't know if Jalen Waddle's going to play. The Ravens basically just a field goal favorite still in a bunch of places in the game, a three-point favorite, three and a half in some places. Could you see that game being much more competitive than what we saw Christmas night? What about the Ravens and Dolphins on Sunday? A couple things, Ken, a couple things on that. Um, I did the Ravens and Dolphins last year, week two, and I think the, I think the Dolphins scored – three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, win it, a shootout game. Uh, we bet the Dolphins, the Dolphins in that game. It was the... a really good one. It was a really good one for us. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think, honestly, so the, the, the Dolphins do a lot of very similar things offensively that the 49ers do. And I think Mike McDaniel is going to really look at how the Ravens play this matchup zone 
and really figure out maybe a different way to attack it. And I think he's going to learn a lot from what the 49ers didn't do right offensively. And I'm curious to see, like, however it turns out, I would love to talk to Mike after the game and see how much he learned from what the 49ers didn't do right and didn't do well in that game against and see if he can use it to their advantage in this style of defense that really nobody else does in this whole league. Now, it'll hurt that they lose Kyle Hamilton, but Geno Stone will step in. He'll play well, but Kyle's a very unique player in that defense. But I do think they're going to learn from it, and it'll be interesting to see how they can take it and use it to their advantage in this game. I would still take the Ravens because of Lamar and his ability to just create plays. Um, But I do think that the Ravens are a better team overall. The kicking game, they're better overall. But I do want to see Mike McDaniel with Tyreek and Mostert and some of these guys he has against this defense. The chess match between Mike McDaniel and Mike McDonald is going to be fascinating in this game. Dolphins head coach and play caller against the Ravens. Defensive coordinator likely to be a head coach coming up next year in the NFL. You better you bet with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. Chatting week 17 with our pal Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider on Twitter at Baldy NFL. Baldy, we'll get to the game that you're calling, which is the Eagles and the Cardinals coming up in a bit. But I want to get your thought on the Saturday night game with the Cowboys and the Lions. Dallas is a six-point favorite at home. Total is 53 and a half, which like this year in the NFL feels like 70 with some of the totals that we've seen. And I think the betting market, Baldy, expects Dallas to kind of get right back on track here. You know, after a couple of the tough stretch of games, like on the road, coming home where they've been absolutely unbelievable. Lions, like winning the division last week, maybe a letdown spot for Dan Campbell in Detroit. Do you see it playing out that way? You think the Lions can keep this game close or win? Or is this a laugher at home for the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think so. I think this is this game is going to be combined score is going to be well into the 60s. Detroit's offense is really good. Um, their offensive line is as good as anybody's in football. That combination of Montgomery and Gibbs running the ball is going to give the Cowboys problems. Um, it, it it just is. They, they just match up really well against the, the Cowboys front. They changed their linebacking core last week to try to help against Miami, and it did a little bit. Um, it slowed most of down somewhat, but. I think this is really a tale of two really good offenses. I think C.D. Lamb gets a lot of targets. I think he has a big game against Detroit. Um, I think it would help if I knew that Tyron Smith was going to play left tackle. Their backup was awful last week, and the Dolphins took advantage of it. But I think these are two really good offenses. And can Dallas' defense get Jared Goff to turn the ball over? When he doesn't turn the ball over, they score in the 30s. And I have a feeling that's where this game is going to be. There's going to be a shootout in the 30s. A little bit like maybe that Dallas-Seattle game a couple weeks ago. But I, I, I feel like Detroit can give them everything that they can handle. And, and I think they can still win the game. I don't think there's going to be a letdown. I don't think Dan Campbell's going to let that happen. I, I think this team will be ready to play. I think they enjoy playing, and they enjoy running the ball down people's throats. And that might happen on Sunday or Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, just like – Arizona early in the year against Dallas, 
Buffalo against Dallas a couple weeks ago, like around the game. Here's the Lions and this offensive line. It's really interesting to think about. Ball to tell you the game might be played in the 60s. Total 53 and a half, by the way. I don't disagree either. I'm not even bringing that up because the total is way different. Baldi, a bunch of games we can go to next. Let's, let's do Thursday night. Just maybe give it, give you a chance to talk about how impressive what the Browns are doing this year is. Now, we don't know. Amari Cooper is listed as questionable now for this Thursday night game coming up tomorrow against the Jets. But the Browns, Baldi, now more than a touchdown favorite. So expectation is the market is Browns by margin here by more than a touchdown um obviously have played really really well and played well against houston last week what do you make of that game is it as simple as like browns playing for a playoff spot at home they blow out the jets or you could see that game being close well cleveland's defense is the story here and i you know trevor simeon and look they had a a nice game last week and Brees hall was was the entire offense and you know they put up a 30 spot even though they were up 27 to 7 um, they fell behind. They, they went down, kicked a winning field goal. Like I, to me, Cleveland's defense is them in Baltimore. Like they're the two best. San Francisco can be there, but the way Cleveland plays defense is going to give the the Jets a lot of problems, and it's going to give Trevor Simeon problems. Like Miles Garrett right now has gone like I think something like five games out of sack. Although he's playing really well, like he gets a chance to hit Trevor Simeon. He might not get up. Like that's how, that's the the angst that right now Miles Garrett has. Like he wants to sack and he wants to hit a quarterback so bad. I feel bad if it's Trevor Simeon. I mean, honestly, he's he's already knocked him out of a game before a couple of years ago. Um, th- this Cleveland Brown defense, like they man you up and then they get after the quarterback. They're they're really good. And Flacco, look, I mean that game that he had with Amari Cooper last week. Like I I don't know that I've seen a receiver do that in an NFL game ever. Like, I don't know. He had almost 300 yards receiving. It was ridiculous what he did. And Flacco will just keep throwing it to you. At fourth and 18, I'll throw it to Amari. We'll get, we'll get the first down. Like, it was unbelievable what happened. But Flacco, like, he's going up. He's going to see the Jets. Everybody on that team he knows. He was there the last two years. And how the Jets didn't sign him when he was sitting on his couch in Audubon, New Jersey, I would have sent the Uber up for him as soon as Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I would have sent the Uber for for Joe Flacco. So I think he's going to be a little ticked that the Jets didn't call him and he wasn't there because he knew the offense. He knew the system. He knew the players. I think Cleveland rolls in this game pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I love just brings me back to when the Rams signed Carson Wentz Baldy and all the reports came out. Well, it's one last show of confidence in Zach Wilson that they didn't consider signing Carson Wentz. I, I, someone, I, the fact that like everyone's just coming back for the Jets next year is unbelievable to me anyway. Baldy, let's close. Maybe we'll have time for one other. Actually, we only have about 45 seconds for this answer. Baldy, you'll be on the call coming up on Sunday of the Eagles and the Cardinals in Philadelphia. The Eagles got off the schneid in the win column, but like we're not super impressive taking down the Giants, winning the game by eight, not covering the spread. Now 10.5-point home favorites against the struggling Cardinals team playing out the stretch. Jonathan Gannon, hashtag calamity, returning home to Philadelphia. Total is 48, only 30 seconds here for the Eagles and Cardinals and how you see this playing out well I think the Eagles are a better team but like nobody was excited in Philadelphia last week nobody I mean they all had that look on their face of dread and even when Keely Ringo intercepted the ball in the end zone to finish the game there wasn't an ounce of celebration it was just a weird feel like they know they didn't play good they won the game against a bad team that played poorly you know Kyler Murray is better than any quarterback that the Giants played last week. Like, he'll give him some fits. He's got nothing to lose. He's probably playing for a job someplace else next year. So, I, like, I don't know. The Eagles don't impress me at all in any way. So, I think it's, it, it's going to be a 
I think it could be the similar type of circumstance where the Eagles win and nobody's excited. That might happen. Baldy, we're always excited when you join us talking football here on You Better You Bet. Baldy NFL on Twitter, the best football show. My friend, stay well, safe travels, enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care, Nick. Ken, see you guys. Looking forward to it. On the other side, Ken and I resume our handicap of Week 17, the Lions and the Cowboys on Saturday night.